Episode 96, we are here in my Upper East Side apartment as usual, but today is a special day because we are recording this on video. It only took 96 episodes, people. We had one episode that I recorded on video, and that was uh, when I was interviewing my friend, comic Mike Young, who was Bob Saget's opener. And uh, we recorded it, and we had a great episode, and it went on video, but... It was so damn complicated. I couldn't figure out how to get the video again. So I said to myself the other day, you know what? We did 96 episodes. We're about to do 96 episodes of this show. It's about time that mommy invests. Okay. So here we are. We in, we are invested. And um, I don't really know on a few notes on the video thing. I don't know if you are listening in your car or in your kitchen while you're doing dishes or folding the laundry. Uh, But if you want, you could go to my YouTube channel and you can watch it now if you want to see what I look like when I'm talking to you, which I don't really know why you would, but it's apparently a thing. You know, let me say something. Sebastian and Pete Corielli love that podcast. And I was with Sebi Seb last night. More on that in a minute. But uh, they recorded like 300 episodes of their podcast, audio only. And then they just got like an overwhelming demand to video it and they video it. And if you ever watch their podcast on YouTube, it's literally the both of them, you know, they're doing it, I think on Zoom and uh, hold on, I need a sip of coffee. Now, I guess I don't have to say that anymore. No, I still have to say that because there are people listening on audio. Anyway, anyway. When you watch the Sebastian and P podcast, the both of them, it's like they're in caves. They're in caves. Sebastian's like, huddled up into a mic like this and 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 pete i don't know where the hell pete pete looks like he just came in from a cigarette every freaking episode <laughs> i mean so i i don't know but you know look people are visual people we are visual people right we want to put a face to the name we want to put the face to the voice i get it i get it okay so fact of the day did you know that kiwis have more vitamin c than an orange I, I never had any idea that that was the case. I thought when vitamin C, oranges, you know, the, the orange. No, kiwi. And there's other things like broccoli. Broccoli has a ton of vitamin C, which is a good thing because I make macaroni and broccoli a, a lot. I don't even think that's peasant food, you know, for us Italians, but it's cheap. My kids love it. It's so funny. If I put broccoli on a plate, do they eat it? Sometimes. But if I make macaroni and broccoli, it's a guaranteed bowl's going to be empty. But anyway, I, I love kiwi. I don't know about you. I, I, I love kiwi fruits. The problem is with kiwi is, uh, you know, you got to peel it. And it's like the second I pick it up in the store, I feel like I get a kiwi splinter. You know what I'm saying? Like you pick it all fuzzy and then you got to get home. And it's like you're holding the kiwi and then you're holding the peeler and you got to peel the kiwi. And then next thing you know, you, know, you get halfway around and then, it, then you have a choice. Do I hold the rest of the skin? Or do I hold the kiwi slippery part? Like, the, you know, and then 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 you got a little kiwi testicle in your hand and you're supposed to what? Rinse it and chop. You know what? I guess I'm a little bit of a germaphobe. I, I, so I, I, I just don't do it. I, I just I just don't. Do, I, I like kiwis when they're in a fruit salad. That's not made by me. Okay. TV talk. We're doing our TV talk and uh, the Gilded Age. You know, I talked about that show last week or the week after, uh, the week before, sorry. Uh, because last week we did that NFT episode, but The Gilded Age on Netflix. 
I was so reluctant to watch this. I don't know why. I didn't want to watch a period piece. I didn't, I, you know, I didn't want to watch about New York City in the 1800s. And I think I said this, not because I'm not interested. There is nothing more than I love to go into an old bookstore and find books, uh, like those antiquarian books, you know, like on the fifth floor of Argosy in Midtown, you know, where you find one of those great old New York City map books in the basement corner of the Strand. There's nothing better than I like to look at pictures of New York. But the Gilded Age, it's all fabricated, you know, because it's fictional show based on real events. But everything's so clean, like the set, it's so clean. And I, you know, like for the producers of the director of the Gilded Age, for the second season, you think maybe you could put some like horse shit, horse manure, like on the streets. Not that anybody wants to see that, but everything looks so pristine. It's very hard to believe that this is what it looked like. Anyway, um, the season finale was fabulous. And Christine Baranski, you know, she's in the show and she, she, is she not the best like evil queen? She plays kind of like a, a lovable evil-ish aunt from sort of the old moneyed side of New York. And um, and by the way, side note, total tangent, total ADD moment. I don't know if it sounds better when I talk into the mic like this or if I'm sitting back in my chair. So if you could do me a favor and Instagram message me and say, at least when you talk into the mic like this, that's how you need to talk. Or can I sit back in my chair and talk to you like this? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So I'm hunched over this mic right now. Anyway, Gilded Age, you got to watch it. You just got to watch it. It was great. The finale was was fabulous. It was it was scandalous. It was nasty. It was there was love. There was lust. There was desire and cheating. Oh. I loved it. I loved it. Okay, other TV talk, bad vegan. On Netflix also. You know what? My aunt texted me the other night. I'm sitting on the couch and she goes, did you watch Bad Vegan on Netflix? And I said, no. And I like, nor do I have any interest in watching a show called Bad Vegan. I thought it was everything that it wasn't going to be. And oh my God. If you like the Tinder Swindler, if you like Inventing Anna, you need to watch Bad Vegan. It is the most crazy show. The first episode is only, it's like, it's a documentary, like a docu-series. It's short. It's like four episodes or five episodes. I just watched the season finale last night or whatever, the wrap-up episode, um, which was crazier than the first one. But after the first episode, I was like, this is weird. I'm not watching this again. But I decided to you know, get into that second episode and it was great. So the, what Bad Vegan is about is uh, there was a restaurant in New York, this is true, called Pure Food and Wine. It was around Irving Place. It was... Um, in the Gramercy area in like 2014, 2015. I wasn't really going out then because I was having my kids, but anyway, it was like the hottest restaurant, the one of the hottest restaurants in New York. If you wanted vegan, that raw food movement, I used to go to this place, Candle 79 on 79th street, which was amazing. And I, by the way, ran into Alec Baldwin there, who is oddly short in real life. But anyway, Pure food and wine was like Candle 79. Like, so if you haven't been to both, it's like they make lasagna with zucchini. You know, they made like, they were like milking the nuts before like Whole Foods was selling nut milk. It was like that kind of place. And the girl mm, who founded the restaurant, this girl, Sarma, her name is Sarma, is so pretty, so cute. Like you would, 
not that you would say like vegans wouldn't be adorable. Like, I mean, because who would not judge vegans around here? But sometimes, you know, maybe 10 years ago, you used to think, oh, vegan, are they wearing like a hemp necklace and, you know, drinking oat milk? But, uh, you know, not anymore, obviously, because everybody's vegan and we found out that that's the better way to live, right? But Sama, the founder of Pure Food, the owner of the restaurant, Pure Food and Wine, she looks like a little Barbie, like a little real life Polly Pocket blonde hair, lips, lip liner, the jewelry. Like she's adorable. And she got hooked up with this guy, like not even hooked up. She met somebody. Like I think they met on Twitter and then they really officially met on that game Words with Friends. Remember that game? It was like Scrabble that you could play with your friends um, on the app. And she met this guy and they fell in love. And he was a fucking lunatic. A lit, like like a lunatic and, and, and basically it's, I don't want to ruin it, but they, she, she lost everything. Okay. She lost everything. When I say everything, I'm not necessarily meaning money. I'm just meaning her sense of self, her direction in life. I mean, uh, these people were like, they, they like, I don't, I, I, you know what? I, I can't ruin it for you. Just watch it. Bad vegan. I woke up the other day and I realized that I need reading glasses. Is this not horrifying? Is this horrifying? I mean, I, did this happen to you? Because I, okay, so I'm nearsighted and I uh, wear contacts and I love glasses. I have a ton of glasses, prescription glasses, because I love jewelry for the face. I mean, come on, who doesn't love a good pair of glasses? But I uh, I never, you know, thought that I was going to need reading glasses because I thought, oh, my prescription would just change at the eye doctor. So I went to the eye doctor and the eye doctor is telling me you need progressives, progressives. You know, these are like the three lenses in one. Like I, I was like, I'm not doing that. One, I have got a whole goddamn eyeglass collection. What am I going to do? I'm going to take them in my trunk to to the eyeglass store and just dump out 45 pairs of glasses onto the optician's table and uh, ophthalmologist, what the hell are these doctors called? And and say, progressive all these glasses up. No, I didn't want to do that. So I said, ah, fuck it. The doctor says it right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Don't get progressives, but you are going to come back to me in a year and say, doc, I can't take this. I'm not at that point yet. But I do need reading glasses because I'm reading my iPhone, right? I got the phone in front of me. And, you know, when I'm looking at the time and the date, you know, on the home screen, that's fine. That's clear. But when I'm seeing, th- like when I'm reading someone's bio on Instagram, I got to, you know, I got to like look, I'm looking, cl- pulling the phone close and then back and then cl- <sighs> So years ago, I was working on Mott Street in Nolita, north of Little Italy. I was on a Mott and Prince. And there was this woman with this store called, her name was Linda Director. She's still around, Linda Director, but not like director with the I, director, D-E-R-E-C-T-O-R. And she had this small little eyeglass boutique. And this woman was absolutely fabulous. She was maybe like five, eight. Honestly, I should probably ping her and tell her to listen to this. She's probably, she doesn't even know how fabulous people thought she was. She was like five, eight. She, you know, like, like a short cropped, like, bright red hair. She always had these amazing plastic eyeglasses, like, like super crazy, like swirls and they, or cat eyes and dangle things hanging off them. And she always wore very crisp 
white button down shirt, you know, with the popped collar, like just like she just screamed of like, I'm way cooler than you and you'll never get to my cool level, that kind of thing. You know, she was like 60 years old and she was closing down her store that sold all these fabulous eyeglasses because they raised her rent, you know, obviously story of New York. And um, she was doing a sale at like 90% off. And I went in and because uh, I worked there for a bunch of years around the corner, I was uh, working for um, a media company, Breaking Media. One of the sites we published was fashionista.com. You could probably find it. I was on the founding team, I should say. I shouldn't sell myself short there. But anyway, so I walked over. She knew I worked at Fashionista. And she said, oh, let me sell you some glasses. I said, all right. And uh, I bought a couple of pairs of glasses. And one of the pairs I bought were reading glasses because I thought they were so fabulous. And they were gold, half moon, gold medal half moon reading glasses and they had diamonds encrusted all over the glasses and not in like a B author kind of diamonds with on eyeglasses kind of way, like a Lady Gaga way, not big diamonds though, small, because you know, Gaga, you'd automatically think big diamonds. And um, I gave them to my mother at the time because I said, Ma, like you got to wear these glasses. They're so cool. And you know, my mother threw them in a drawer. Yeah, yeah, well, I'll wear them one day. <laughs> Never, never even got the reader prescription in them. So I went to my mother's house the other day. I said, I need those glasses back. I can't even believe that my mother had them because my mother throws everything out. She had the glasses. I have them in my possession. I don't have them next to me. If I did, I would put them on so the video watches could see what I'm talking about. So I'm excited to get the prescription and the, the reading glasses because they're fabulous. And there's something fabulous about wearing gre- reading glasses, right? Like all of a sudden you're at a five-star restaurant in New York and you're just like looking at the menu and you're like, wait a second, hold on. And you reach down and see your fancy pocketbook. You pull out your reading glasses and you perch them right on your nose and then you move them down your nose and you move them up your nose and you move them down your nose. <laughs> you're just like... Oh, I'll have the foie gras, please. Like that's the kind of vibe I feel that reading glasses, but that, that, that's like my fantasy reading glasses. Then now there's the reality of you're going blind, get the fucking glasses. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. Okay. Last night, they're going to die. Guess who I was with? That's right. Guess. Italian comedian, everybody loves him. I was with Sebastione. Can you die? Can you die? Is this, would that not be the best tour ever? I should send him this episode. You know what? I am going to send him this episode. So Sebastian was playing at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. He he sold out 16,000 seats. 16,000 people came to see Sebastian last night at the Barclays Center. He has also sold out Madison Square Garden this past week. He sold out the the, the, the UBS thing. I think that's in Long Island. Like this guy draws more people than any, almost any other comic. Like maybe Dave Chappelle could draw like that, right? Um, Maybe Bill Burr could draw like that. But there's very few of these unicorns that could draw that many people into a venue. I mean, like it's, you don't even know. You don't even know. I mean, if you're a comic and you're listening to this, you know, but, but for the most part, if you're not, you don't know. It, it's so friggin' hard. Like, it's like Madonna. It's like, you know what? This is like, this is like, I'm trying to be a singer and I'm talking to you about me and Madonna and hanging out when she's around 16,000 fans at boy tickets. I was like in awe. And you know, while I was watching the show, I'll get to my combo with him, but I was watching the show and um, I wasn't, 
really getting to watch it like a regular comedy fan. I was watching it for like his technique and to see what he was doing and how he was turning and, you know, because it was a round stage and uh, how he was playing to 16,000 people, because that's a lot. And, you know, I think I've said this before. Stand up comedy is arguably a lot harder than um, singing and all that. Not because that stuff doesn't take incredible skill just like stand-up takes incredible skill. I mean, the best stand-ups make it look so easy and you're like, I can do that. It's like, no, you can't. No, you you can't. You gotta, you gotta like work at it for like 20 years. But it's arguably easier than musicians because musicians have the the, the, the instruments in the background. You know, they have the lyrics. They, you know, like the, the, they hear the note and they can do the lyrics. Like it's just him. It's just him on the stage. No music. No, 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 no fire. No, no, no meat outfits like Gaga, you know, so to distract people away if you forget a word, you know, it's it's just him. And then the Jumbotron. Oh, my God. Anyway. I was watching it. It was great. His new act is chef's kiss. But before the show, we were hanging out and um, it was amazing. It was amazing. In his dressing room he had a nice assortment of foods. I would have thought maybe he would have gone heavy more on the Italian stuff, maybe like the charcuterie board, you know, which I can't stand. Like I would just say a cold antipas, but you know, I don't know who's fancy listening to this, but no, you know, he had, he had, he had a little, he had a little couple of cheese, maybe he had some hummus like in the dressing room. You know what else he had? Smart pop, popcorn, Doritos, Cool Ranch, and the, the, the regular Doritos. I like Cool Ranch. Uh, <laughs> Lay's potato chips, Mini Milky Ways, Snickers, and oh my God, Abba Zabba's. Is that how you say that candy bar? Remember that candy bar, Abba Zabba? It was a, it's a, it's a, a taffy candy bar and it's a, like peanut butter filled. It's a yellow, a bright yellow wrapper with the, the black writing on it. It looks like a, a 1970s New York City taxi cab. Like, I don't know. That must be his favorite candy bar because it was like a jar of it. Either that was his fa- that's his favorite candy bar and that's why it was in the dressing room. Or... They just like the look or something, but it, you know, we had, we had a nice conversation. Uh, I was, uh, you know, we were just talking about um, just life. He knew that I had a car accident. I mean, like how nice you're about to go on stage. It's 16,000 people. And you're saying to me, Hey, Elise, how you doing from your car accident? I mean, like, does that not make you love me even more? And if you don't even go see his show or you're not a fan, become a fan. Cause that's the kind of guy he is. And, you know, and thank you, Sebastian. Uh, I, I should take a guest spot on your show as I'm trying to, I'm selling you all to new people that maybe don't know you. But I know you know all know him. But he was so like, it's like how few people are in the world that are genuinely like that, that they've, they've achieved this insane level of uh, career success. You know, and it's not like that just because he's famous, which I have no interest in being famous. I, I, I just don't. One of my youngest sisters is like, you are a little famous. I'm like, get, get on. No, I'm not. I'm not. I have no interest in being famous. But so put his fame aside. Whatever your career is, maybe you're the, the best doctor at Mount Sinai. Maybe you're, you know, you're Madonna. Maybe you're the contractor that gets all the jobs, you know, in your hometown of uh, Chicago. I don't know. But to be that level of career success and, 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 and you have like 30 minutes to show time or whatever it was, 45 minutes to show time. And uh, you're in your dressing room hanging out with another comedian, a young comic. And you are saying to that young comic, 
I heard you had a car accident. How you doing? I mean, like, that's the kind of guy he is. And for that alone, who cares about anything else? That was like, I, I, I loved him. I adored him for that. Um, and he was so nice. Oh my God. I was telling him uh, the story about when my job found out that I did stand up comedy and I had a, 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 a following on social media. He was dying. It was, a, you know, I don't do that on stage. So if you're from my work and you're listening to this, relax. But uh, I was just telling him, and I was like, you know, because he was asking me about work and this. And I was like, oh, everything's good. And I was telling him that, you know, uh, you know, I, I what that I'm, you know, uh, where I work and everybody's so nice and I, and they're great. And, and, you know, and I'm, I'm getting to do like some great things at work and blah, blah, blah. So, but I just love stand up and I've always, you know, and I'm, I'm, I get up 10, 14 times a week and, you know, I'm on the grind. And again, if you're from my job and you're listening to this, like, that's what we do. This is not because I'm like ADD or OCD or any of the D's I'm maybe double D, but I, I, um, I was just, you know, that's the work that you got to put into it, right? Like at, at night. So I um, I was telling him all about that. And then I said, but you'll die. I said, you know, I have an office in New York at, with my job. And I, I also obviously have a home office. And I said, and I, I had to go in uh, one time. And um, uh, yeah, well, I go in sometimes, you know, to, to the, the head office. Well, not right now, because I have no car still from the car accident. But I um, I said, and and, and they asked me about, uh, they, I guess they found my profile online and, you know, and they asked me and he was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I was like, yes, yes. I said, and I was dying. And, you know, and they're like, tell us about your second career. And I was like, second career? Like, I don't have a career. Let's have a check. Career's paid money. <laughs> but it was good. It, we had the best conversation and, um, you know, and, 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 he's just great. He's great. And he's everything like you would think he is, uh, on his social media or on stage. Um, except maybe in person, he's like a little more reserved, obviously. Um, a lot of us stand up comedians have big personalities, like in a big crowd or, uh, you know, obviously, or, you know, behind a microphone or like now, you know, camera mic set up, whatever. But, uh, in real life, like, you know, we're a little like shy or quiet. Now, I know for Priscilla or Stephanie, if you're listening to this, you're like, this, Elise is not shy. You're not shy, Elise. What are you doing telling these people that you're shy? I'm a, I am. I'm a little shy. I, I'm, I'm like a loner a lot of times. You know, I just, I, I, I like to be alone, but that's because I'm, I'm creating in my head, you know? Okay. Anyway. Going to LA soon. Um, I don't have any dates, you know, for shows or anything like that, but I am going to be in LA soon. So if you're there, uh, you know, hit me up, but I will post wherever I'm going to be. I am working on my documentary, as I shared a couple of weeks ago. It's going amazing. And um, I'm really hoping that I could get an interview with the one and only Franny Dresher. Not because, um, she's a stand-up comic and other things, but you know, like a lot of people think that like we're related and we're not, you know, I mean, I met her a couple of times and my uh, grandmother used to play canasta with Renee Taylor and Renee Taylor played uh, the mother in the nanny. And by the way, Renee is fabulous. And I met Renee um, when she was married, I met her and her husband, Joe Bologna, he's dead. And, um, you know, poor guy, he's so nice, maybe amazing actor, like amazing, just love him. But uh, I met, I met her years ago, but I met Fran a few times and, 
I remember the first time I met Fran Drescher and she, uh, I met her once at ABC Carpet and Home when Deepak Chopra was doing a talk. I met her once at a book signing that a boyfriend of mine, I was in college. He took me to a book signing at the Barnes and Noble or something. Very cute. Very cute of him. I wonder where he is. He's not on social media. I, I check every couple of years. You know how we do it. Anyway, but like we went to book signing and uh, and I'll never forget. She's sitting at the desk, right? And and my boyfriend at the time is like, oh, like, let's get your book signed by Fran Drescher. And I'm just like, this is the cutest date ever. So I, I get there and and she's sitting at the uh, the desk and, and, and she says, oh, hi, I'm Fran. I'm like, hi, I'm Elise. And she's just like, what? And I'm like, yes. And then, and, and it was this moment of like, like at the same time, like we sound alike. And, uh, and, and people were like, oh, her daughter's here. And I had to tell people, no, she doesn't have kids. And then of course I looked like a nut job, but I would love to be able to interview Fran, um, for my documentary. So I'm, um, I'm on that. I'm working on that more on that. Uh, what did you guys think about the last episode of the podcast, the NFTs? I know. I know you, you like some people probably liked it and other people probably like stick to your lane, Elise. We don't care about non-fungible token. <laughs> but I, you listen, you asked, I delivered. I, I apologize if it was a little boring or you just are never going to listen to that episode, but I got to give the people what they want. What am I going to say? Okay. Um, I got to get going because I got some stuff to do. All I want to say is that I'm still, uh, I'm still trying to book a vacation. I still need a break. I'm leaning towards Antigua. Have you been? Have you been? I'm, I'm I, yeah, of course. I, I don't know if I told you this, but I, I told my mother, she's like, Antigua. It's not even nice there. I'm like, mom, why do you always got to be so negative? What is with Italian people and the negativity? It's so funny. Italian people get, the, we get we're so positive, right? We're loving, come, come into my house. Let me feed you. And then in the next thing, you'll be like, Ma, look, I spent four hours getting ready. Really? I couldn't tell because that dress looks terrible on you. Yeah, it's like, what are you doing? But anyway, Antigua is what I'm leaning towards. Uh, okay. Mm. I got this giant coffee mug. Don't ever buy a giant coffee mug. It's just too freaking big. I, I'm like, oh, I'm going to be on video. I'm not going to be able to get up and get a refill of coffee. Let me get the big mug. The big mug is horrible. It throws off the whole mug dynamic. I want a mug where I can get my whole hand around. If you, I can't wrap the whole hand, this, this is a this is a whole thing. Okay, product of the day, and I apologize, guys that are listening. Love Shack Fancy is a brand, and I love this brand. I don't shop at this for the, in this brand or at this store because it's so ridiculously expensive, but. Love Shack Fancy is this brand. They have a store on Madison Avenue. Um, and I think they have a store in like Palm Beach, but they basically uh, do all floral patterns, pinks, pastels, light blues, lavenders, creams, whites. And it's everything's floral, floral, uh, flowy dresses. And they, they do sheets and they do towels and they do accessories. And it's like as if like your grandma, Betsy Johnson and like maybe My Little Pony like came together and had a brand. Oh, and maybe like Victorian era kind of like garb all came together and had a brand. The shapes and silhouettes of the stuff are not for me because everything that I tried on from that brand, because I go into stores and try things on, even though I can't afford it because it makes me feel better about myself. I look like a house because I did this. Uh, they just, you know, they just, they got puffy sleeves. I mean, like, I can't wear puffy sleeves. I already got giant mom arms. Like, I already got bingo wings flapping in the wind. But anyway, I am, um, but, but, but I'm on their email newsletter. 
and uh, they were doing a sale, 50% off and the sale is still going on. And I picked up a pair of sneakers by them and they're, they were like 50 bucks and they come, I think in men's too, but I don't think you men might want to wear lavender floral sneakers with a chiffon shoelace. You might, but I got a pair of them and that's my product of the week this week. I love them. They're delicious. Check out Love Shack. It's real. And you know, it's not like I'm saying my product of the week is these floral lavender sneakers by Love Shack. It's more like the product of the week is like just about the brand. And uh, no, as usual, they are not a sponsor. Quote of the day by the Buddha. Buddha, what you think, you become, what you feel, you attract, what you imagine, you create. And that is exactly how the Elise DeLucci show came to be. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you if you are watching on YouTube. I am going to continue to tape the podcast, and I hope that it is successful. Leave me a review on Apple Podcasts if you don't mind. I would love you if you did that. Uh, Come to my show at The Stand, March 30th. It's a Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. It's the real ex-housewives of New York City. It's a stand-up show. It's me and one of uh, my fellow female comedians. We're the same age. We have different backgrounds, but we're both divorcees. So come out, come watch us. I'm Elise DeLucci. This is episode 96. Thank you for listening. Bye.